You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you doing today? Uh, doing well. Yourself? Uh, I'm okay. How was your 4th of July? Did you break the law? Did you break social distancing? Did you break all the all the rules and regulations and directives and parameters? Did you break it all? Did you feel like you were killing your neighbor when you went out for a barbecue on 4th of July? What? I mean, uh, you know me, you know, government's bad and K and you, you think I would listen to the government on this? Uh, I would hope great not. occasion and of to be, you know, to be fair. Day, you know? Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, it's Raiders Day. And to be fair, I don't know why people are listening to the government at this point. I really don't. However, specifically, you do have a state that largely listens to their government a lot of the time. And this time they did not. And I'm speaking of California, most notably Los Angeles. <laughs> you saw what happened out there, didn't you? Uh, yeah, that, actually, um, I, I think that was a great display of freedom and uh, uh-huh. an American uh, mm-hmm. values, you know, <laughs> as mm-hmm. far as. Yeah. For those that don't know, last night all across the city of Los Angeles and, and you can see it. I mean, you can go and look these up. I mean, we we saw probably about three or four different feeds today and it was people that were told. And of course, Gavin Newsom, he locked everything down out there, didn't he? No one could go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. Fourth of July was canceled. There weren't going to be fireworks displays. So what did the residents of Los Angeles do? They set off fireworks that were bigger than any city display could be put on. And you know something? That right there is a big up yours to the governor. That's what that is. And to the mayor, the weasel mayor out there. So good good on the people of Los Angeles, right? Good on the people of Los Angeles. Because what I'm looking at here, that right there, that's what you're supposed to do in the face of all this. I mean, me personally, I would have gone down to the state house and set him off in front of Gavin Newsom's house, you know, safely, of course, safely, of course. But I would have made sure that that entire display was put on out in front of his place. So he'd have to look at it. Of course, he probably wasn't there. He was probably out uh, in celebrating the uh, the 4th of July with uh, with a private group of friends when he's telling all of you, you good people of California to stay home. That would be my guess. It is this, isn't it? It's the day of defiance against the government. Mm-hmm. Isn't that yep. how it's supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a tyrannical government, right? That's what we broke away from. And what are we seeing nowadays? Yeah. We're being told tyrannical by tyrants. Yeah, <laughs> We're being told by tyrants that we can't celebrate the day that we broke away from a tyrant. That's the right. irony in this, this whole thing. So <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, you see how far we've come. Right here. You see how far we've come. But anyway. All right. So the reason that these were going off all across the city like this is because of COVID. Right. We're back to COVID again. We just can't seem to get away from it. And now what's happening now? You've got what are we up to? We're up to 50, 57, 58,000 cases a day now is what they're recording in the U.S. Yep. That's what they're saying. Anyway, I'm guessing that all states are not on board yet with the um, the new procedures that we were discussing last week or earlier this week. So this is a way that they're they're classifying the cases for those that missed it. What's happening with the cases of, of COVID in the United States, the, the coronavirus cases in the United States, they are reclassifying every single diagnosis and they're linking it to contact tracers. The state of California is also one of those states that employs contact tracers. So how are they doing that? If you have so much as a subjective fever, which is anything above normal, which is considered a subjective fever. So if you have that, then you have COVID. If you have a headache, (laughs) I know as crazy as that sounds, if you have a headache, you now have COVID. Now it's worse than that. Now you say, well, how can it get worse than that? It's worse than that because anyone that is diagnosed with having those symptoms, if you're found out by a contact tracer and then they can trace back up to 16 people that you came in contact with, they will then classify all 16 people you came in contact with as a confirmed case, even though they haven't talked to them. So that's how they're overinflating the numbers. I said something to you, Bruce, before we started here. This is the like the United States, right? This is the only place we're seeing this. And this is what's really interesting. You're not seeing these kinds of measures being taken in Europe. You're not seeing it in Spain. You're not seeing it in France. You're not seeing it in Germany. You're not seeing it in Italy. You're not really seeing it in the UK. The UK is reopening. There hasn't been any of the, uh, quote, mask mandates here. So if it were, uh, my point is this, if it were really that bad 
I mean, if it was really that bad, as bad as what they're saying, which you got the WHO coming out today. We've talked about them at, at nauseum. They're coming out today saying it's airborne. Well, uh, yes and no. It's been that way since the start. There's just nothing to really back it up with, but or to an extent that it can't survive for very long. This is just another ploy to to push the fear, right? Isn't, isn't this where they are? That's what it seems like. I mean, you get the populace terrified in this and they'll uh, capitulate to whatever you say. And that's what we've seen during this entire uh, pandemic. Uh, it's just a bunch of drummed up nonsense at this point. And, and they're trying to they're trying to use it to get more control, you know, trying to lock down things even more, getting to the point to where it's causing unrest. Like people are fighting each other or, or bickering with each other if you're not wearing a mask. It, it it's gotten it's gotten out of hand. One of those states that's actually mandated the masks is and you've got several of them that are doing this now is Texas. Texas was doing fine. Why do you think, in your opinion, why do you think Governor Abbott has rolled back on all this? I, I have my own suspicions. I have my own opinions uh, and I'll get to that. But I wanted to get your take on it. What, why is it you think and we, we might agree on this? Why is it you think that the state of Texas is now rolling back? Because we're seeing that Texas hospitals are reaching capacity, which you explained that last week. One's at 97%. Well, they operate at like 94, 95% anyway. And that was last year. So Mm -hmm. they've taken on an additional two to 3%. So that's how they're making it look like it's a mess. And now you've got uh, governors coming out saying that, uh, well, we need to be practicing personal responsibility. And hospitals in a couple of counties in Texas are now hitting capacity. This, this is the kind of stuff that we're seeing. 33 additional deaths linked to COVID, bringing the death toll in Texas to 2608. Again, th- this is just this is a way I think that they're overinflating it because you were looking at the hospitals last week. You said that that or the ones that they reported were at capacity and they've only jumped by two or three percentage points when it comes to having the patients uh, admitted to the hospital. And with all the reclassifications of everything, everything's COVID. And then, of course, Texas, we know, is the first state that was to adopt the new counting method on the number of, quote, confirmed cases. And I'm doing the air quote because this is all bull. And, of course, the mandatory mask thing that's in Texas that Governor Greg Abbott has issued an executive order for. He started that on Thursday, and that carries a $250 fine if you don't do it. So why the sudden backtrack in the state of Texas? Why why, why that? Why, why do you think that is? Well, my first suspicion is he believes the numbers. And he thinks the the science, the, you know, the, the information that's being put to him in front of him is accurate. So he's thinking, in, in my opinion, that, you know, we have to cut back on these things because we're, we're seeing these increases. The other possibility I see is he's of that age group that that is concerned about this. And, you know, maybe he's given in a little bit to the fear himself or I don't know, maybe it's just freaking deep state is, you know, that that uh, terrible word is, um, you know, crashing down on him and he's, uh, you know, capitulating. I don't know. Honestly, I think it's a little of both. I, I think it's a little of both of what I'm thinking and what you're thinking. I think it is. Yes, I think he believes the numbers. I think a lot of these people believe the numbers and I don't know why. I really don't know why, because none of these, quote, experts that are the higher ups on the national level and the international level, they haven't been correct with any of this stuff. So why would you believe them? Are you that much of a politician? Are you that mixed up in the political world of the juked up stats that you can't figure out how to add two and two together? I I find it very hard to believe that some of these people are that inept. Governor Abbott's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. Mm -hmm. So if he were really believing the numbers, don't you think he would also look at common sense for being as, uh, you know, the way that he is? I mean, that that to me is is what I'm looking at. Plus, also, it's an election year. When I'm looking at an election year, I'm looking at liability. When I say liability, they need the press. They need the, the news coverage. They need the campaign ads and all that stuff. And so they need to make it look like people are being kept safe, because if not, they're going to hang them out to dry. Well, if you're that much of a politician and you don't have the best interest of the community in mind and you're following the line so the media won't bash you, I got news for you. The media is going to bash you anyway after it's all over. So why capitulate? Why go along with them? Why placate into their game? Because that's all they're doing at this point. They're playing a game. They don't care about public health. We've said that from the start. They don't care about public health. They could care less. All they care about at this point is control because they have nothing else. So public health is what they're using the guise of control as. Oh, we have to keep everybody safe. Well, I draw the line when a government says that they have to keep us safe from ourselves. That's a little bit of a problem. 
in my humble opinion, because if you can't take care of yourself and you need a government to take care of yourself, then what good are you? What good are you? Of what responsibility do you as the private citizen, what do you have? What responsibility do you have to not only yourself, but to your family, to your community? The government's going to come out and they're going to take care of you. They're going to keep you safe because you can't do it. Right. In the words of the government, you're too stupid to be able to take care of yourself and to figure all this stuff out. So we're going to do this for you. I don't think so, Jack, or in this case, Greg uh, or Gavin, whatever your governor's name is, or Dewan, whatever. Right. The one from my state. These people are politicians. They're not health experts. And the ones, quite frankly, the ones they have in there as the, quote, health experts don't know anything. They don't know anything. They're rolling back on everything because the numbers they initially put out were wrong. And now they're rolling back on the reopenings because, oh, God forbid you want to go back to work. God forbid you want to reopen your business. So I said it last week. COVID ends when we the people say it ends and not a moment before, because these people will take and take and take and take until there isn't anything left to take. They will continue to take and they will continue to push until we the people push back. You know, it reminded me of something we've talked about before. You remember how we we brought up the fact that we have illegals crossing the border and these border states are having yes. a large swell. That could also be part of it as well. You know, the at least with the numbers increasing. So they could legitimately be actual numbers, right? And taking their new tracking method out, you know, contact tracing, taking that method out, the numbers could still plausibly be accurate because we have a lot of illegals coming across the border and they're not properly uh, checking them or they are checking them and they're wanting medical aid and whatnot because their own countries are doing really poorly against this. Okay, so, I mean, uh, here's the thing. You you mentioned something there about illegals. The border supposedly closed, right? Isn't that isn't that what it was last? I heard it was closed. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, illegal kind of uh, kind of. Well, yeah, I, I know. Care I know about the- yeah, that denotes they don't care. Yeah, I get it. But the thing is, is you would expect since the borders closed, you would expect tighter security around the border. Right. I mean, that's I, by default. I mean, you would hope. Yeah. By default, that's what's going through my head. But apparently I'm thinking that um, you're living in the United States of America. I could be wrong. But <laughs> right Anyway, Governor Abbott, right, he reclosed bars in the state of Texas, which I think is ridiculous, right? Bars are open here. Look, I'm I'm around hundreds of people, right? There's hundreds of people around hundreds of people where I'm at. I'm I'm not in the United States. There are hundreds of people around hundreds of people every day. If this was so bad, just understand, if this was so bad, people would be dropping and they're not. People would be surging like the hospitals. The hospitals here over here would be surging. They'd be getting filled. They're not. They're not. They're lying to you. They've reclassified everything. Do you have do you have any idea how busy our hospitals are on a day to day basis anyway? You brought it up last week, Bruce. You have hospitals in in Texas that are at 90, 95 percent capacity on any given day anyway. They were this time last year when there was, quote, no pandemic. So now they're at 95, 96, 97 percent. And they're telling you that number, but they're not telling you what the number was last year. So Abbott's come out now. He's reclosed bars. In the state of Texas, his quote, at this time, it is clear that the rise in cases is largely driven by certain types of activities. Why don't you just say rioting, looting, protesting? Why why don't you say that? Why Uh is it so difficult for him to say that? Why is that so hard? Including Texans congregating in bars. Well, last time I checked, Texans like going to bars and restaurants. So do you think that they're actually going to care? I heard a story last week of some people that were in Dallas-Fort Worth. They go to a restaurant. I I think I told this the other day. They go to a restaurant. They're told at the door, you need to put a mask on. Okay. So they put one on and they walk over to their table. And as they're walking over to the table, there's no one that has a mask on in the restaurant. And they say to the host, well, why do I have to wear a mask? No one else in here has a mask on. Oh, well, we just need you to wear it from the door to the table. This is how stupid this is, okay? This is how ridiculous we've gotten to this point. It's just, it's insane. It's insane. It's insanity. It's absolute insanity. Well, see, here's the thing. The virus is very intelligent, right? Because that's why it was okay to riot, because the virus knew your political leanings and it knew that you were standing out there for, you know, Mm -hmm. a a good cause. Whereas Mm -hmm. uh, at a restaurant, the virus knows that um, when when you're sitting down to eat, you know, it knows not to bother you then because, yeah, it's a smart virus. But anyway, they're, they're walking it all back. Uh, now, 
the the good news the good news of this is on Friday the state's Republican Party the Republican Party of Texas announced it's moving forward with its in person convention in Houston this month so they're not doing anything about that as of yet so let's just hope that that continues is the RNC still going to have the national convention for Trump is that still going to happen I, I think so unless they try to unless they're going to try to out Trump. Uh, unless they want to try to push someone else, and oh, that that would be disastrous, I think. But uh, oh, you don't want Mitt Romney. You don't want Romney on the oh, ticket. God, no. You sure? No, it's freaking. Uh, he's a Democrat. I don't know what you're talking about. Republican. Yeah. You got anything else on COVID? I, I'm tired. I'm so tired of this. I, I'm so tired of looking at it. Uh, you know, honestly, as as far as COVID's concerned, just open things back up. People are smart enough to do if they're if they feel safe doing something or whatever let them do it just stop with the lockdowns as gp said has said multiple times we're all going to get this we're all going to be exposed to it so just just go just yeah yes like i've been saying from the start society will self-correct they will self-correct people are in the beginning what were we seeing people were already walking away from stuff Right. They were already leaving the movie theaters. They were already leaving the restaurants. And once people feel like they can safely go back and do things, they'll do it on their own. The market will sort it. This is what I love about the free market idea. It fixes everything like it has its own built in self-correcting mechanism. That's what's wonderful about it. All right. So let's get into let's jump over because I I wanted to touch base with you on this. Let's get into because we talked a little bit about it before before you left for the fourth. So let's talk a little bit about um, Ghislaine Maxwell. So she's been arrested, right? I was talking to Marty and Jason about it yesterday. She's been arrested. She is being held in New Hampshire, and she's going to be transferred to New York. I believe tomorrow is the day she's set to be transferred. Now, if I were Trump, if I were Trump, because we know that it was Trump and and it was Barr at the DOJ that that ordered this uh, arrest to happen. So now that Brennan's gone, (laughs) you notice that he's gone. Two weeks later, she gets arrested. So She's been arrested and she's set to be transferred. If I were Trump, don't you think I would send some Secret Service up there to protect her? I mean, that that's what I would do because she's high profile. She's got a lot of names. Let's just assume for a moment that she's going to start talking. She starts talking, especially in front of a judge and in front of TV cameras. That's not going to be good for the uh, the established order, the dying established order, I might add. The elites, the power structure, they are all tied up into this and it's, it's not good. So she was Epstein's fixer, and we all know what happened to Epstein. So don't you think that she needs extra protection on top of what she's already got, considering the people that she was not only working the cases, like working as a fixer for with Epstein, but also the other international organizations she was involved in? She's got to have a nice target painted on her, don't you think? Uh, I do. And, you know, just, just as a side note, do you recall where Epstein was held when he committed suicide? Yes, uh, he was held in New York. And like I said yesterday, they don't uh-huh. have a good track record of keeping people in the Epstein uh, ring safe. Uh-huh. So why are we moving her? Why, why are we moving her? Uh-huh. That's why I said she needs to be kept safe. She needs to be kept safe. If you put her in the custody of the same people you had Epstein in custody, with, what do you think is going to happen? What What mm-hmm. on earth do you think is going to happen? She cannot be left alone. She cannot be. Uh, left to the trust of of the state of New York, because we know what's going to happen there. So I think she needs to be protected. I agree. This is the thing. I honestly, with as much turmoil as going that's going on right now. Well, no, they'll just target it at Trump. My thought process was, are they just going to riot even more? And obviously, they're going to blame it on Trump and say, well, he didn't want his dirty laundry. And they're going to really ignore everybody else that, you know, could have been involved. Here's the thing. Now, I, I was explaining this to, to Marty and um, and to Jason yesterday. I don't think that Trump was involved per se. And let me explain why. Let me explain why. You can argue that, you know, he, he knew Epstein. Well, I mean, it, if you look at the amount of people that this guy had contacts with, you'd go crazy because we were going through that right. list before we started tonight. It's insane. And Donald Trump, in this case, he's a small player in any of this when it comes to the other people that were on that list. Now, Donald Trump owned and still owns Mar-a-Lago, right? Mar-a-Lago is this big, I mean, it's this big resort down in Florida that everybody goes to. Hell, I think even Muammar Gaddafi went there. You remember him? 
the guy from uh, yeah. from Libya. I don't. Uh, maybe it wasn't that. I think that Donald Trump owned a piece. Of, okay, he, Donald Trump owned a piece of property somewhere, and Muammar Gaddafi was coming to the United States as a, an envoy for something. I think he was giving a speech at the United Nations. And Donald Trump actually rented Gaddafi a piece of his property. And I'm not making this up. He rented him a piece of his property. And he said, well, how much did you charge him for it? And he says, I wasn't going to charge him anything. But he gave me more money to rent that thing. He wanted to put up a tent on it to stay in. That's what he did. Muammar Gaddafi, the leader of another nation on earth, comes to the U.S. and sets up a tent on a piece of property that, that Donald Trump loaned to him. And he gave him more money for that few days that he was there than he's made on that property his entire life, is what he said. Now, he didn't disclose how much it was. I guess he would probably just, I guess, I'm assuming he probably just gave him a gold bar. <laughs> that would be my guess. But I mean, that that's the kind of thing that we're dealing with here is you have all these people that go to Mar-a-Lago. And when Donald Trump would have parties down there, of course they would show up. Billionaires and, and other people in all these circles would show up. Of course they would. So the thing is, is that Trump was never alone with this guy. And I mean, not to the level of someone, say, like Bill Clinton, right, which we've seen the photos of and, and the, you know, the um, hell he admitted. He admitted he's actually flown on the plane on, on Epstein's private plane or private jet. So on more than one occasion, I think it was like 20 something times the guy was on it. You know, and that's public. Mm -hmm. That's not that's not a secret. But Donald Trump, here's a guy that's in the process of trying to bring down this network using AG Barr, using the Depart the Justice Department. He's trying to bring down this network. If Trump was compromised by this network and by these people, don't you think that he would not go after them? Don't you think that he would just ignore it and, and let it continue to operate if there was a, a a chance of him being exposed here? And I say that because look at everything else they've tried to do. Look, look at everything else they've tried to do. They've tried to do this. They threw this Russia thing at him. Then it was the Ukraine thing. And then it was the impeachment. And then uh, th this this pandemic thing. And so now he's hitting at he and Barr are hitting at the backbone of that network, that that, quote, deep state network. They're hitting at that backbone. That's what is holding that network together is this corruption, this Maxwell uh, character, because she's next in line, right? Epstein's gone. So there's nothing to, to do there. But she now is going to, I would assume she's going to make a deal. I, I would assume she's going to make, if they can get her to that point, I would assume she's going to make a deal. She starts naming names, then all this stuff falls down and all these people start getting outed, then this is going to cause a real problem. That This is going to be really bad. But again, like I said, I don't think he's involved. I don't think Trump's involved. I don't think uh, Elon Musk is involved. Again, you brought it out the other day. He was photobombed, more than likely. Yeah. Because That's if you had... Thinks, yeah. yeah, if you had Musk that was compromised, he wouldn't be publicly going against the grain when it comes to the elite. Same thing with Trump. If Trump was compromised and they had dirt on him, look, if they had something on Trump, if they had something with this Epstein thing on Trump, they would have brought that out a long time ago. They would have brought that out yeah. a long time ago. And they haven't. Don't get me wrong. If the guy's guilty, then let's hear it. Right. Let's see it. What have we been told this whole time about Trump? Oh, he's racist. He's this big racist. Show me. Show me where it, where he says that. The guy was revered by the black community before he was president of the United States. And now all of a sudden, because he's president of the United States, he's a big racist. It's a joke. It's a joke. The New York Times came out and was making comments about uh, about his speech that he gave at Mount Rushmore on uh, on July 4th. You know what they said? They actually said Trump gives a deeply divisive speech on the 4th of July. What, why would a U.S. president do that? What, honestly, I don't care who it is. Why would a U.S. president come out and give a divisive speech like that? Of course, we saw we've seen presidents give divisive speeches before, but I haven't seen this guy give one. I haven't. If this guy was out there openly dividing the country, then I myself, I would be shouting it down all day, every day, because we don't need divisiveness. We need unification. The dividers are the ones that are saying that we're being divided by other people. They're the illegitimate ones, the media. They're the illegitimate ones. They're quick to point out the people that are trying to unify the country. Do you know there was five Republicans. There were five Republicans that were elected to represent Baltimore, Maryland. Five of them. First of all, the fact that you got elected as a Republican in Baltimore, even one of them is a feat in and of itself. But five of them got elected. And you know what? They were all African-Americans. Every one of them. Have you heard one word in the mainstream media about any of that? Have you heard anything about that? 
I'm not saying I'm not going to sit here and say raw, raw, you know, Republican Party because I don't I really identify as a Republican. But the fact is, is that we need that kind of unification. We need people that are out there that are for the Bill of Rights, for the Constitution, for bringing people together, for our families, for our communities, for our churches. All of which these people on the on the hard left, the ones that are tearing down the statues, the university academics, the mainstream media, none of them want any of those things. The true unification of our country, they don't want. They actively work against that. Isn't it ironic that the liberal left has to tell you when to be offended and what's offensive? You're not smart enough to know for yourself when you're offended. Isn't yeah, that ironic? True. That's true. Okay, back back to Maxwell. I, I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent there, man. You get me talking about you, you get me talking about this stuff. I got off onto it because of Trump. But back to Maxwell. What do you think is going to happen with her? Do you think they're going to let her go forward? So another theory to that, which I could see the left doing or, or pulling out, assuming that Trump is involved, which the left does assume that uh, that Trump's involved. You could argue that he's wanting her to be captured and moved to New New York so that. They can off her as well and silence her. Um, that's a plausible argument if he was involved, right? However, it is. Yeah, it is. If she's willing to talk, which I don't know if she is, this could be a great way to drain the swamp. However, there's a big catch. If Trump isn't reelected, this may disappear. You know, there's a. Um, I was looking at, at. I was looking through some of these things about the people that are. The quote top ten of people that should be afraid that uh, that this woman's been arrested, and you know th- this type of thing is, I mean, it's big, right? So you, if he doesn't get reelected, then it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's possible. It, it's possible, but you also have to consider that there's a justice department right at the moment that's willing to go after these people. So at the end of the day, it's really not about Trump. It's about whatever justice wants to do. If Trump has put this in in Barr's hands, which I believe he has, then he's entrusting that justice is going to do the right thing. So, I mean, that's all you can do, right? You got to have the attorney general be willing to take this on unless the new president comes in, fires Barr and brings in someone else. And of course, Mm -hmm. cleans out the DOJ and puts everybody from the swamp back in, which you notice the swamp is being cleaned out of the top ranks of the FBI. And now this arrest has happened. So. Of course, you've got names on this like and I found this one really interesting. OK, of course, you got Prince Andrew. We talked about Prince Andrew yesterday. Bill Clinton. Right. We've mm-hmm. discussed Bill Clinton, his involvement. Alan Dershowitz is on the list. You remember him? The guy that was talking about yeah. how the Constitution doesn't protect you if the government wants to come around and, and jam a needle in your arm. You remember that? That guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the so-called constitutional conservative attorney that's revered by the Republican Party. Yeah, that guy. He's come out and said that there's nothing there. That Because the, what, I remember Dershowitz this coming out. He said yeah, that about Epstein? Yeah. yeah, with the Epstein thing. Yeah, he said there's nothing there in the sense of like nothing happened. Because there was some big – something came up uh, about that towards the beginning of, of Epstein being uh, captured and all that. You know, the, he – I don't remember the details of it, but I remember something being talked about with him and he said there was nothing there and it was, yeah. You've also got other people such as billionaire Glenn Dubin and of course his wife, uh, Dr. Eva Anderson, no relation, Dubin. She founded the Dubin Breast Cancer and Tish Cancer Research Institute, or excuse me, Tish Cancer Institute at the Mount Sinai Medical Center. They have three children and live a life of glossy luxury, all private chefs, all private jets, with homes in Palm Beach, Westchester County, Sweden, and a ranch in Gunnison, Colorado. Yeah, Gunnison, Colorado. That's yeah. where a lot of Gunnison. the... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's where a lot of them are moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, they've they got... Um, apparently, this guy's wife had dated Epstein for a few years before, uh, before she married this guy now, uh, this hedge fund guy now back in 94, because Epstein was a hedge fund guy. Right. He was an he was an investor. He worked for Goldman for a while, didn't he? He worked for Goldman Sachs. I think so. It yeah. seems right. So now let me see who else you have. You have um, you have Claire Hazel, who is now known as the Countess of, of Ivea. Uh huh. Uh huh. You hear this? Larry Summers. Right. You remember Larry Summers? He was uh, I think he was the former Treasury secretary, I believe. So Larry Summers is in there. Summers was on the uh, Lolita Express flight logs. Right. And he was also at Epstein's private charity fund and Epstein's private charity funded a nonprofit that produces a TV show that was hosted by Summers, wife. 
So you see that Larry Summers is, is uh, mixed in here. I don't even want to attempt to pronounce this guy's name. Former Prime Minister of Israel, Barack. This is the guy that's been trying to challenge. I think it was uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. And he's come back. Netanyahu's tried to come back and hit him with this this Epstein thing. And I think that's that's where that's coming in. But Leslie Wexner. OK, now I, I know who this guy is because I, I'm from that part of the country. So I, this guy owns the entire town, pretty much. He's also the owner of Victoria's Secret. Yes, that's Victoria's Secret. He, the owner of the, the company is a man. And he hasn't been charged with anything, though. But I did see his name on that list in that uh, in that book list. So it's it's there. Uh, and the guy's got quite an extensive contact list, I have to say. Apparently, he hired Epstein. This is also when Epstein was uh, uh, he was a high school math teacher for a while, too, by the way. He uh, it, but he did spend a few years on Wall Street, but he hired him as his financial advisor in 1987 and then gave him his power of attorney over his entire fortune. Leslie Wexner did. So, yeah, he's um, he's in there. Former New Mexico governor. Bill Richardson, former Senator George Mitchell, former U.S. Senator George Mitchell. Those two are in there. And I think that's all that I saw in there. Yeah. So just to name a few. I mean, there's a lot of other people, but those are just to name a few that are uh, that are in there. So, I mean, this is a this is a dirty thing, right? This is this is a bad thing. I can't see her making it very long if they don't give her some kind of protection. She needs protection. I would put her in in protection of uh, the Secret Service or the U.S. Marshals or something. But I certainly or maybe she already is. And I just don't know. But I certainly would not leave her in the custody of just the uh, the simple state authorities. Would you? No, absolutely not. Especially when they were known to have uh, affiliation with like Mossad, for example, because of that, just having a Mossad agent captured and the possibility of them squealing is enough to have them offed, let alone the the, the um, possibility of uh, <laughs> any other things that went on, you know, uh, which we were just talking about. So, yeah, she's um, she doesn't have many options. She doesn't have very, very many places to turn for protection at this point. Well, let's hope she gets something. So, I mean, I, I want her, like I said, I want her on the stand. I want her name and names. That's what I want. I agree. I, I, want, I want these people to fall. That That's all there is to it because I'm sorry. You know, you get into this kind of stuff, then you got to pay the piper on that one. So militias have jumped over to Gettysburg, right? Because they're supposed to be over there the uh, the quote thugs right they're supposed to be over there burning flags so they've uh, they've posted on their uh, their Facebook page called Left Behind USA that they were going that this is their quote let's get together and burn flags in protest of thugs and animals in blue. I'm assuming they're talking about cops. It says here that for weeks now, a mysterious figure on social media talked up plans for Antifa protesters to converge on the historical site on Independence Day at Gettysburg, right, to burn American flags. So apparently you had members of the Department of Homeland Security Police Force. Did we have such a thing? I didn't even realize we had such a thing. They're standing out there armed. Since when do we have a Department of Homeland Security Police Force? I didn't realize that existed. Did you? Um, believe that is a product of the Patriot Act. Okay, must have missed that one. Anyway, it says here that in mid-June, there would be Antifa face paint, uh, one person wrote, and organizers would be giving away free small flags to children to safely throw into the fire. You hear how they're promoting the, the values there. You hear how you hear how nice that is. They're teaching children how to burn flags. Yeah, they're real patriotic, those people. So I, I would take those people and I would deport them immediately. I would deport them to the nearest socialist country of their choosing, probably North Korea. As word spread, self-proclaimed militias, bikers, skinheads, and far-right groups from outside the state issued a call to action, pledging in online videos and posts to come to Gettysburg to protect the Civil War monuments and the nation's flag from desecration. Some said they would bring firearms and use force if necessary. So where are they? Where, where are they? I see some bikers out there. They have American flags and Confederate flags, but I don't see any um, any tattoos or any kind of markings that you would su suggest that would suggest any kind of um, racism or anything like that. I certainly don't see any far right extremists. I, I don't see any of those because if they actually had those people, this is out of the Washington Post, by the way. So, you know, if they were there, they'd have photos on it. You know, you know, if that was the case, you just have a bunch of people. It looks like just standing around. So you look at those couple of pictures they have up there. I mean, clearly, it looks like you've just got people standing around. So first of all, I don't see any Antifa thugs out there burning flags. That's the first thing that I don't see. The second thing, I don't see any of these groups other than, quote, bikers, 
right? I see the bikers out there, but self-proclaimed militias. I mean, usually when you have militias out there that actually are recognized militias, they'll have a banner of some kind or they'll have some kind of marking that they're all on the same uh, a part of the same group. But that's it. But I don't see any of that. I see a couple of guys standing around, if that's what they want to call self-proclaimed militia, I suppose. But you've got a couple of guys standing around with ARs and you've got DHS out there. They're standing around armed and you've got bikers out there. You know, a, a few bikers that that roll that strolled through with American flags and Confederate flags, probably because they've banned they've banned the Confederate flag in certain cases. And also that was the flag of the South. Those are Civil War monuments. You had the the, the Battle of Gettysburg. So, of course, you're going to have both sides represented for historical context, correct? Yeah. And the other thing, part of the reason that this picture was taken is specifically because of the Confederate flag. That's the I, only yeah, reason that that one was taken, I think. Yeah. But again, I mean, I'm looking at it like this, though. I, I'm looking at it like this because you notice what flag is is actually higher than that. It's the American flag. Just saying. Yeah. Which is how it should be. But the thing is, is that they were claiming to show up to protest the Civil War and to desecrate the statues and the American flag. Well, this is again, this is a this is a site that's tied to the Civil War. So if you're going to go out and you're going to recognize that day, then as I said, in historical context, you're going to show representation of both sides because you've got monuments to both sides there anyway. How do you protest the Civil War? Just out of curiosity, what, what are you protesting about the Civil War? Well, they don't care about the Civil War at the end of the day. We, we know that. No, right. But my point is, is the Civil War is already done and gone. It's history, right? So what what's left to protest about that? Are you protesting how it went down? That the North won and slavery was abolished. Is that what you're protesting? Because you know that's that's the conclusion of what it what happened. So, uh, Bruce, I can just I can hear the racism coming out of you. I can hear the systemic racism just just seething from from your side over there. Mm, it's just, yes, the, yeah. the white white privilege and it's yeah, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable how you don't recognize your privilege like that. It's unbelievable. But anyway, well, uh, they you. were. Thank you for pointing that out, comrade. <laughs> yeah, right. So if you could just Bruce, if you could just please take a knee. And just <laughs> if you could do that, I mean, it's it's really it's it's not that complicated. If you could do it while you're while you're wearing a mask, that that would be even better. Mm -hmm. I, I would really appreciate mm -hmm. that. I mean, just mm -hmm. just to acknowledge, right? That you're uh, you know to acknowledge where, where you are. So uh -huh. and, and so you know your place. That's that's yeah. But anyway, it says that on Saturday afternoon in the hours before the flag burning was set to start, they flooded in by the hundreds. They flooded. There were four guys standing out there. <laughs> they flooded. There were four guys standing out there, heavily armed and unaware. It seemed that the mysterious Internet poster was not who the person claimed to be. Go figure. It was probably some meth head in, in their parents' basement somewhere that were trying to wind up a fringe group. That That's what's going on in Gettysburg. So what else was happening? Colin Kaepernick. You remember him? Right. He's back. He's he's back. Right. Now, since we're talking about Independence Day, we're talking about some of the stuff that was going on. Colin Kaepernick calls Independence Day a celebration of white supremacy and rejects it because black people have been dehumanized, brutalized, criminalized and terrorized in the U.S. for centuries. Here, here's a guy who's God. Here's a guy who's making hundreds of millions of dollars. He's set to make over a billion in investments total. If Nike doesn't can him, then uh, how is how are you dehumanized? How are you brutalized? How are you criminalized and terrorized? You're, you, you ungrateful, you're making more money and, and getting more attention than everybody I've ever met in my life combined. How can you call yourself dehumanized, brutalized, criminalized, and terrorized? The star athlete and activist, he's not a star athlete. He doesn't even star play. Star athlete. He doesn't even play. He sits the dude on was ranked. He was ranked 38 of 39 on uh, quarterbacks uh, the last year he played. He was garbage. He was he was almost the worst. You know, anyway. he's taught. Well, no, you're you're right. No, you're right. Because Brett, Brett Favre, he was asked by TMZ on whether or not Colin Kaepernick deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. Can you believe it? Hall of Fame. Yes. Hall of Fame. Mm. How, how would you compare shame, him to say? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> right. How would you compare him to say, oh, I don't know, a Muhammad Ali or, <laughs> you know, a, a Jackie Robinson, maybe, you know, how, how would you uh, how would you compare? I mean, he he's up there with them, though, isn't he? No, <laughs> it's, a, it's a joke. Like, that's what he was actually yeah. asked. It, it's a joke. Right. So right, the star right. the star athlete and activist took to Twitter to share his powerful rejection along with a video of actor James Earl Jones reciting Frederick Douglass's speech. 
Okay. So you took your your powerful message of rejection to an echo chamber of lunatics. Okay, gotcha. Right, I'm, I'm with you on that one. The video showed a series of shocking visuals, including photos of slave auctions, Ku Klux Klan members, which were Democrats, by the way, lynchings and more. Colin Kaepernick, uh, excuse me, the Kaepernick tweet comes as Americans across the United States take part in historic demonstrations against systemic racism. You're tearing down abolitionist statues. Mm-hmm. People... Like, that's the, that's the crazy thing about all this. You're tearing down people that abolished the very thing that you claim that you're fighting against. But see, it's not about that. It's not about that, is it? It's about tearing down everything that you know as history. It's not about tearing down a statue of, of Christopher Columbus. It's not about tearing down a statue of, of Abraham Lincoln. It's not about that at all. And don't you think for one minute that they're not going to come for everything that's in D.C.? Why do you think the Democrats want to make D.C. the 51st state? So they can turn around and tear it down. That's the purpose behind it. It's not about tearing down statues of these little things, right? It's just a little thing now, but it's the bigger prize later. They want to level DC. They want to level our history. They want to burn our constitution. They want to torch our bill of rights. See, it's not about Donald Trump. When they when they go after Donald Trump, see, it's not about him. That this is what I try to get through to people all the time. People think that because you you sit there and you support Donald Trump on something, and there's plenty that I don't support the guy on. But I support mm-hmm. the guy when he's right, and I, I don't support him when he's wrong. That's how you do it. People make mistakes, and they also make good decisions at the same time if you're in politics. Charles Schumer, for example, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Charles Schumer, for example, there's one thing he did that I actually agreed with him on, and that was the Dubai ports deal under Bush. He didn't want to hand over security of our ports, of our port authority, to people of the UAE. So he actively fought against it. And I was with him on it. Same thing with Obama when it came to environmental regulations. Not all environmental regulations are bad. You know, I actually agreed with some of the stuff that Obama did when it came to the environment and protecting ecosystems and things like that. So I'm with somebody when they're right on something, but I'm against them when they're wrong on something. But again, as I say, this is not about Donald Trump. This is about you, the American people. It's about me. It's about them coming after us. It's about them coming after our vote, our decision, our choice to throw them out. We don't want the political class anymore. We're done with them. You got a guy that comes along and says, hey, let's make America great again. Oh, no, no, no. We can't have that. America wasn't great. It was never that great. Isn't that what Cuomo said? Colin Kaepernick said the same thing. Well, yeah, of course, because everything's, you know, everything's, uh, you know, systemically racist. Mm hmm. It's a celebration of white supremacy. These people are a sick joke. These are not unifiers. They're dividers. Every country on this planet has a checkered past, every single one of them. When you go after a nation based on something that they've done in their past, this is the easiest way to bring it down because it neutralizes people. It shuts down the argument. They can just scream racist at you all day long with no definitive proof to back it up with on anything. There is not a single country on this planet that was not founded by blood and conquest. Not a single one. All of them are like that. So yes, every country has its its checkered past. The idea of America was, especially because of this, the passage of the Civil Rights Act, which had to happen and, and we're a better nation because of it. It was long overdue. Should have been done at the nation's founding. But instead, it was going to be out of the frying pan into the fire. It was going to be revolution, then into a civil war. But instead, we held it off for 100 years. And now we're right back where we started. We're right back to 1860, aren't we? We're right on the edge of it. And why? Possibly. Why are, possibly, yeah. I hope we don't go down that road. But again, who are the same people leading us down that path? Who's the same party that's pushing us in that direction? It's the same party. They haven't changed. Faces have changed. No, no. No, no. See, back in the 50s and 60s, see, the Democrats, the ones that were racist, see, they they moved over to the Republican side. So, you know, now Uh the Democrats have completely changed. Now the Republicans are the racist ones. Right, right, right. Because it was because it was Democrats that passed the Civil Rights Act. Right. 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 It it was it was really the the ones that weren't racist that did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 So Mm -hmm. so it wasn't the Democrats that filibustered the Civil Rights Act. It, It wasn't that. No, no, of course not. No, no. See, uh, no. Okay. So you, you got your history all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for, for those that don't know, we're being completely sarcastic. They were the ones yes. that tried to stop the Civil Rights Act. They tried to stop they the were, unification yeah. of the country. They were the ones that led us into the U.S. Civil War because we wanted to end slavery. We were tired of it. We'd had enough of it. Hell, we were tired of it when we founded the country. And the bit about the uh, Democrats that left the Democratic Party and went Republican and, you know, they were supposedly the racist. Yeah, there was like two Democrats that left and they weren't racist. (laughs) 
You know, the sad fact is, and th- this is the saddest thing of all this, is we're actually sitting here discussing this. Like, th- this is not even a discussion that should be had because, again, we were supposed to be past this. We're supposed to be past True. this. You- you're going to sit here and you're going to dig up these old wounds, right? Rehash old wounds. That's what these people do because they divide and conquer. What did I say when we were talking about our structure of socialism? That's who these people are. That's the hidden agenda behind all this, by the way, if anyone hasn't figured that out. They drive wedges, create problems and apply pressure. And when you wake up to that pressure and you push back on it, they will then go somewhere else for a little while and they'll drive a wedge there where there otherwise wouldn't be one, they'll create some conflict and they'll apply some pressure there. And when you fight back on that, they'll go back somewhere else. Again, two steps forward, one step back. This is how they operate. So this fool, he comes out and and he makes a statement like this. You know what? If you don't like it, why are you still there? What are you fighting for? If that's the case, go somewhere else, go somewhere else and, and make hundreds of millions of dollars. Go somewhere else and get endorsed by not by an American company, Go to Europe and see how well you're treated. Try, try to throw a bag of air around over here and see how well that works for you. See if you get paid hundreds of millions of dollars over here. I guarantee you, you won't. Go to South America. I don't care. Pick whatever country you want. Go to Asia and try and preach this nonsense over there. All right. Can we end on a positive note? Can we end on a positive note? You got, we got something that's positive. All right. I got something that's positive. positive. All right. Yeah, I All got right. something positive. So you were right, Bruce. If Trump doesn't get reelected on this last one, let, let's let's get something else right. It, uh, you were right. If if Trump doesn't get reelected, then we might not have to worry about this whole Maxwell case, right? We might not have to worry about it. But to be fair, mm-hmm. I really don't think we have to worry about Joe Biden being on the ticket, and that's not because they're going to replace him. I think, but that's that's not because of that. I don't think we're going to have to worry about Donald Trump being reelected. Why do I say that? Because Kanye West is running for president in 2020 this year. So I don't think we're going to have to worry about Trump. We're not going to have to worry about Joe Biden because he's going to be the savior, right? He, he's going to come in. He's throwing his hat in the ring, right? Now, Elon Musk is giving him his full support. He's on board with it. Kanye West announced to his fans on uh, yesterday, right? He plans on running for president of the United States. And Tesla CEO, Elon Musk, you know, we talk about him here all the time on the morning show, which is he's Kanye West's friend, which, OK, that's fine. And West has been in the uh, the White House. He's, he's worked up this... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, criminal justice reform deal with Trump. So he, he was on board with that, but he's supporting West and he's going to make the run, uh, which I be honest with you, I think it's too late for him to declare. But nonetheless, he's, he's going ahead with it. He says, we must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, unifying our vision and building our future. Well, see, that part I agree with. Uh, and he says, I'm running for president of the United States. And Elon Musk uh, replied to the tweet. He says, you have my full support. What do we think of this? Do, do we do we vote for him? What what does he stand for? I haven't heard anything on his platform yet, but I'm, I'm anxious to hear it. I'm sure he's, I'm sure his campaign staff is going to be releasing that shortly. Right. <laughs> so I didn't expect him to do this this quick. Honestly, I expected him to do this in 2024. Are you being serious? Or are, you be, are you like you put me on here? No, I'm, I'm being serious. I, I seriously thought he would run for president in 2024. Kanye West. Um, you actually think Kanye he's going to run? Yes. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought he was I thought he would do it then. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of starting to lean that direction anyway. And being as we we already had a or, or excuse me, already have a celebrity president, you know, it would make sense that we go down the road of of using celebrities as our politicians. So, yeah, he would be the next because one. We, right. We've been raised on the entertainment culture. So people idolize uh, mm-hmm. the, these particular people that stand out. And, you know, uh, what's his name? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's talked about stepping in and, and throwing his hat. Uh-huh. He's a big patriotic kind of guy. So it, it's hard to say. But Trump has, like you said, Trump has broken that barrier. He set that precedent. So it is possible that you get one of these these entertainers, because at the end of the day, Trump's Trump's not just a real estate guy. He's also an entertainer at the end of the day, because if you ever watch one of his speeches, like at one of his rallies, he's hilarious. He is absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. He gets off the script. I mean, yeah, he gives a speech that one of his speech writers wrote and all that stuff. But when he's done with that and he actually gives a speech, I laugh like I, I legit laugh because it's funny. So, yeah, I could I could see that uh, where we were. To the point where we're voting for entertainers. But I mean, really, what do they know? That's the thing. You're voting someone into the most powerful position in the world and we're wanting to get entertainers. Now, you could have argued that with Donald Trump, but at the same time, he's a business guy, right? So he has some knowledge 
on what to do. And so that one isn't isn't a great argument. Kanye, on the other hand, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I don't know where his policies are and where he stands on that. He could be a very well educated and read up guy. I've not heard, you know, one way or the other. I, I don't know, man. Doing it this close to the election and at this time, honestly, it feels like it's just a publicity stunt. It's just, you know, Kanye has kind of taken a turn from his past music styles and has gone uh, pretty hardcore Christian stuff. And is, is so, I mean, he could be appealing to that crowd. Uh, and, uh, so I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the motive is and the goal, but um I, I, like I said, I could have seen him running in, in 2024. You know, I think that by him, if he's actually serious, right, you say it's kind of like a PR thing, but if he's actually serious, even if he was going to be serious about making a run in 2024, why would he, even as a joke matter, why would he come out and say it now? Because that just kind of, that, that kind of makes him look bad, right? Because he, he doesn't have a, a, a really a, uh, any kind of a chance, which, like I said, I don't think he can even declare right now. I think that the time for that is over. He can't campaign to get any delegates. So it varies by state, but most states just looking at it, at least January, it looks like January 2020. That was the the last you could register. That said, there is actually quite a few states that don't have any filing deadlines. There's there's 12 states that don't have a filing deadline. Okay, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see see how that goes. I I don't think he's serious. I think it's just like you said, I think it's just a PR thing. But anyway, uh, would you vote for him? I don't know what his policies are and his stances are, so I can't say I would or wouldn't. Do you think people will? Just based on the fact that he's said he's announced, do you think that uh, do you think he has a big enough following that he'll actually take the vote and split it? No, I, I don't know that he does. Honestly, we would have seen that before. Honestly, I, I think people are, are too much either one way or the other. So I don't know. I, I can't see it happening. Is he, what's he planning to run as just independent? Or what? I have no idea. The only thing I the only thing I know is that he put out the call and he said that he's running for president of the United States in 2020. That's all I know. So I'm sure that if he's serious, then he will be putting out more in the coming days. So we'll just have to keep an eye on it. But anyway, we're going to have to jump out of here. So, Bruce, glad you're back. Thanks for sitting down today. For those of you who have not and you would like to, please do give us a follow over on the platform of Parler. Uh, it's essentially if you're looking for a new place to go, if you're tired of the same old social media nonsense, if you're tired of Facebook, you're tired of Twitter, give us a follow over on the platform of Parler. You can follow me. I'm at Jay Anderson 3. You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. And I believe you can also follow Jason as he's coming around a couple of times a uh, couple times every couple of weeks now. Uh, you can follow him at Jason Batfin. So look forward to hearing from you. Love all your comments, your feedback, your likes, your dislikes, your echoes, all the rest of it. So thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 